Blog Talk Radio. Carolina, that's my man Carolina Kizzy, 
and Rico. We're getting a lot of buzz on that song, so we appreciate everybody. Keep on pushing it, all right? But as promised, in the building, we have a, a extraordinary man in the building. We have Mr. Dave Wooley in the building. Welcome to the show, Fer. Hey, hey, hey. That song is so dope. Oh, man. I love it. Oh, uh, man, we appreciate that coming from somebody up to your stature. We really do appreciate that, brother. <laughs> <laughs> it's an honor being here. Thank you for having me. Um, let's let the people know where you're calling from. Yeah, yeah. Well, first of all, I'm I'm currently in Atlanta, but, but um, I'm, I'm from Harlem. So went to high school right on 124th and Lenox, Rice High School. Rice High School. Grew up Whoa. in Douglas Project. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You what project? Say that again. Douglas. Douglas. Oh my God! Wow, fam. <laughs> that is crazy. Born and raised, 103rd in Columbus. You know, my grandmother lived on 139th and Lenox, so you know, I'm 100% Harlem man, 100% all day. And that, that's it. crazy because in my in my younger days before radio, I used to work at New York City Housing Authority in Douglas Project. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> that is crazy. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> now, bad. you got this thing, man. You got this thing with Mike Tyson, man. Tell us all about it, man. It sounds very interesting, man. Let us know about it. Well, first of all, we want everybody to tune in. You know, we, we all love Mike. Uh, uh, I mean, there's never been a heavyweight champ like Mike Tyson. And, you know, his story is phenomenal. You know, it's the fall, it's the rise, it's the comeback. You know, it has all of the drama uh, that is captivating uh, and will keep your eyes glued to the television. Um, the uh, I'm part of this amazing documentary. It's uh, called The Knockout, Mike Tyson, The Knockout. It'll be featured on ABC Monday, uh, Tuesday, May 25th at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Again, that's Tuesday, May 25th at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's part one. It's a two-hour special. It's in prime time. Then there's a part two to it, June, uh, at the same time, uh, and that's another two-hour special. Uh, so, you know, we're I'm just extremely excited. I was very honored that they asked me to be part of it. Um, and, uh, you know, you, you don't want to miss it, man. You don't want to miss it. All right. So tell us, like, you know, because for what I understand, it's, it's, it's kind of focused on him and him and the Michael Spinks fight. Yeah, well, no, no, no. Uh, that's pretty much, you know, my involvement. Uh, okay. I was uh, the only black man in the country to own uh, exclusive pay-per-view and close-circuit mm. TV rights to the Mike Tyson-Michael Spinks fight. Back in wow. 1988. Yeah, that was a huge fight at the time. It was the biggest fight in history. Um, you know, there were other uh, 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 African-Americans that, you know, would sub-license rights and do like a club here or, you know, one city kind of a thing. But to have an entire state, uh, I was the only one. Uh, so, you know, that, that was kind of a historical accomplishment, and uh, it meant a lot uh, for me. We had the entire state of Delaware and the entire state of Virginia. So, you know, it, it was phenomenal. It was successful, uh, and it was historic. Uh, so, you know, you know, I'll be talking about Mike uh, a little bit about that, that accomplishment. And, you know, people may have seen the radio commercials and TV spots where I mentioned that, you know, during the 80s, you know, there were three Mikes that ruled the world. It was Michael mm-hmm. Jordan, Michael Jackson, 
and Mike Tyson, you know, and everybody mm. wanted to be Mike. You know, you the like Mike. Is, which Mike do you want to be? You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, true. Uh, you know, the TV ads, yeah, yeah, which one you want to be. So, you know, the TV ads have been running, uh, you know, in highway rotation. In fact, I saw it last night on, uh, I saw myself on the TV ads, uh, uh, doing American Idol, so you know it's it's uh it's an ABC production, so we're we're you know really very happy that word is really getting behind us. Now, me as a filmmaker, I'm I'm, I'm I want to pick your brain a little bit, you know, because I'm trying to learn. Like, how did you get into the licensing of films and and actually doing that? Well, you know, it it started from uh, just being in the entertainment industry. Um, I started off in the projects as a drummer. Um, you know, I lived in 850, uh, the building 850, probably 1A on the first floor. So you know exactly what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, and when I was nine years old, I got a drum set. And, uh, you know, I realized that early on that that would be my ticket out of the projects, you know, if I just practice and practice and practice. But it was really difficult because living on the first floor, the brothers would just knock on the window, man, and say, shut up, man, get up. <laughs> you messing up my high. You know? <laughs> you know, the first floor, you know, it was cruel, man, but I just persevered. And I got, you know, uh, after a couple of years, got so good, then it got to a point where the brothers were telling me to go inside and play some drums so they could be out there dancing, you know, as I would play mm. the Frankie Crocker and lock into the beat, whatever song was playing on WBLS. And, you know, it sounded like a little block party that was live. So And plus you, you know, had the Rock Steady crew over there, right? Yeah, the back in the uh, days, I used to have a little rock steady break dancing crew over there, so I know you'd be done that? for them. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yep. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> so, you That's know, real. Norman Connors, uh, the great Norman Connors in Starship Orchestra, I met him. He took me out on tour, and I started playing with Dillis Hyman and a whole bunch of other great icons. Uh, and then, you know, I started promoting, con- I moved to Delaware and started promoting concerts. And concerts were great and, you know, very good business. But, you know, I wanted to get into sports also. And I, you know, put together a business plan and went to New York, met with folks of a top rank, Bob Abrams people. And and little by little, I just kind of kept working at it. They didn't give me an entire state. You know, I ended up getting like a small town in Virginia and Roanoke and Charlottesville and did really well in there. And then eventually I got the entire state of Virginia. Uh, and, you know, my good friend, Rest of Soul, uh, Butch Lewis, was very instrumental as a key mentor to me uh, in those days. That's how it started, man. Wow. What what what, what yeah. would you have said would be your biggest event and your hardest event to do that you have done in your career? <laughs> oh, man, man, you really going back. Um, you know, <laughs> You know, one of the things I, 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 I'm really, but one of the things that I'm most proud of uh, is not even at a day, but being a single father and raising my two daughters by myself. You know, that is the biggest event I've ever done. Raising two mm. girls at two or three years old and getting custody of them. And now they're 23 and 24. One's a lawyer. Uh, the other one just graduated from Georgia Tech, which is the top you know, tech school in the world um, mm-hmm. with her master's degree in computer science. 
So that's my greatest, you know, my greatest accomplishment, man, in terms of that. They are Dave Willie production, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I got you, man. I definitely got you. I respect that. Um, now, but, who, but let me just say this. You know, uh, you, I, I did have fun with the uh, Julius Serving. I brought him out of retirement, and he played a one-on-one with uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Uh, back in uh, uh, early '90s, that was fun. I mean, Clash you know, there's been so many. Wow, that's it. That's yep. It. <laughs> <laughs> so that was that was that was challenging, and that was. Really I didn't know that was you though. Yeah, wow. that's yeah. bug. That, that was my brainchild. To you now. <laughs> yeah, that was that was my brainchild, and and I, you know, approached Julius, who at the time was happened to be my business partner. And I said, man, people want to see you dunk at least one more time, man. You can still do it. Let's do it. You know, and he, he said, okay, make it happen. And I came up with the idea and, um, you know, it had never been done before. So we had to come up with moves and, you know, half court and how do you do this and how do you stage this for television? And, you know, it, it was really ahead of its time. Uh, but, but. It was extremely successful, and we donated some money to Amphar and AIDS research. So I'm um, yeah, very proud of that accomplishment as well. That's what's up. Now, you know yeah. from back then, like from when you started doing stuff, now we got social media, we got all type of platforms. You know, what do you feel is different? And if you had the power to change something in the game, what would you do? <laughs> That's a good question. Uh, you know, it's it's different because, you know, Everybody has a voice now, you know, because thanks to social media. Uh, so, you know, it, it you have to sift through it to see what's real and what isn't real. Um, you know, when I was building my business, you know, I only got in the papers through the Associated Press. You know, you have to had to do newsworthy things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You know, now you can start a blog, you know, you can put something on Instagram, it goes viral, and it could be true or not true. Um, you know, there's no checks and balances. Um, so, you know, to some degree, it's a blessing, and to, and to some degree, it's a curse. Um, you know, it's just really a new way of doing things. And there's no privacy any longer. Mm, yeah. yeah. You know, it's it's it's, it's whatever. Do you- do you think like like the budgets might have changed? Like, do do it make the internet make the budget less, or do the internet make the budget more? Like now that we have social media, you know. I think it. I think it's it 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 is certainly part of how values are 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 um, calculated now. The values of properties. Um, the first thing they do is they want to see how many hits you have, how many likes you have, if you post something. Uh, so that kind of gives them kind of some analytics on on uh, on how big it is. So if you have very little activity, then it brings the value down. If you have a lot, you know, it helps. You know, if you're somebody like Snoop Dogg who has 50 million people following him, you know, mm-hmm. about 300 million in the country, you know, his value is up. Uh, uh, so it's, it's not a coincidence that he's on these TV commercials. Um, so, you know, it, it, it can really help, but it's a, just a new way of marketing and branding. Now, you you know, you promoted and, and concert tours, you produced and promoted concert tours for like some serious people, like serious, serious people. I mean, James Brown, we take it to the countryside, Loretta Lynn, we go to Snoop yeah. Dogg, we taking it to Tony Bennett. 
<laughs> you know, and and it looked like you really good friends with Dion Warwick, man. So you know, yeah, like sir. you don't you never been nervous like to be like to work with those people. Like, how do it come up to get to get the courage and to do a great job? And you know how it feels. Like, do you be nervous? Like, do I mess up or do that? Or I don't know. I just like I just I'm looking at your list. Yeah. And I'm like I'm really all at right. all right now. Thank you. Uh, you know, uh, I I wouldn't say nervous. I was nervous playing in the projects. Uh, you know, brothers throwing rocks at my window. Uh, mm. <laughs> uh, uh, but but you know, Dion Warwick, I love. I just finished a documentary on her. It's going to be coming out as a producer and co-director. It's going to be coming out later this year. Uh, she's my business partner, uh, co-author of her autobiography book. Um, you know, I mean, I love Dion. So she's 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 the best, uh, and um, and she works at a very very high level. Um, you know, the only one I really really had butterflies working with was the Godfather of Soul. You know, mm. <laughs> James Brown. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Um, because as a kid, I saw him at six years old at the Apollo, and my mother, you know, had front row seat, and he came out, you know sliding across the stage and spinning. I was like, oh, my God. I told her. It was a true story. I said, I want to be like him. You know, she said, James Brown? I said, no, Ma, the drummer. She said, thank God. You know, so that, <laughs> <laughs> that, that Christmas, I got a drum set. Oh. <laughs> and, and, and that's how my career started. No, it's a true story. So, mm. um, you know, having, fast forward 20 years later, I'm from producing him and doing some tours, you know, with him, uh, it was really nervous because I was very nervous because he's, you know, he's bigger than life. And, you know, and he gave me hell, man. He was the toughest artist I ever worked with. Yeah, that's what I was about ready to ask you because they said his business aspect was really crazy. So I was about ready to ask you, how was it doing business with him? Tough, man, tough. You know, I, um, I thought I was did it. I had about fifty thousand. It was outdoor concert and fifty thousand people in a park. It's a holiday, and you know I I set it up his dressing room with the flowers, fruit, air conditioning. I mean it was plush. I thought, and and his contract he had in his rider, you know, uh, that he I had to have a blow dryer for his hair, you know. <laughs> so I said no problem. So I went out and bought a blow dryer, and he came in the dressing room and. and he looked at the stuff and he cursed, you know, what the hell is this? You know, I said, that's your blow dryer. He said, oh man, hell no, this ain't my blow dryer. I said, what's the matter? I went and bought it myself. He said, man, I don't need no boy. And I bought the blow dryer. You know, that looked like a gun. Yeah. Yeah. And he said, oh, oh he wants the one that feel like the women. He said, I need a hooded blow dryer. I said, what? <laughs> <laughs> That's like when the ladies go to your hairdresser and it sit on their head, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's deep. <laughs> yeah, I can picture him being hard. But I also, you know, because I know, you know, but I, I, I know, she, I see her, everybody's like, they say she's a beautiful lady. All you hear about is she's a beautiful, nice lady, Ms. Dion Warwick. But I would figure, you know, up to her caliber, like, you would have to work hard for her because, you know, it's like her, Aretha Franklin, and they on some certain type of level as divaness. And I would think that would be a hard thing, you know? Yeah, you know, it, it uh, Dion and I uh, have, uh, we've been, you know, <laughs> Uh, working together, business associates and partners, 
for you know about 25 years, man, and it it somehow it transfers from being uh, business to being family, uh, and that's mm-hmm. where we are today. Um, yeah, it's it's. I just know you got to bring it. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you can't come to her half-ass. You know, and 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 if you do, including myself, she's gonna tell you. You know, mm-hmm. so you know. But but everybody listening, you know, this should be a lesson learned. You know, you have to bring your A game. You know, don't try and cut corners. You know, if you don't know something, pick up a book, Google it, research, do your homework, practice, be prepared, be on time. You know, don't talk about it, be about it. You know, mm-hmm. so that's been my philosophy and model you know, throughout my entire career. I believe that too. That's how. That's my work record. If I'm going to do it, I'm, if I say I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. I make sure I right. do it. Um, right. Um, right. Now you got um you know when you did the uh, Havana Holyfield and George Foreman fight, did you bet on anybody in that fight? <laughs> like when you do fights, do you hope certain people win or do you take sides or you just be like, nah, I'm just gonna stay neutral? Oh, uh, we had dropped. He dropped off for a second for some reason. Um, so we gonna do. Oh, we got him back. Got him back. Yeah, with us. Uh, all right. I'm here. Uh, all right. What I was asking you, um, you know, you do a lot of, you bet you, you know, you produced a lot of fight events. So do you ever like bet against somebody? Be like, all right, I'm going with Mike Tyson or Holyfield. But you, uh, like when Holyfield and George Foreman, did you have a favorite for that fight? The only one I bet on was me. You know, I, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> you know, I could, I just prayed to God that I didn't lose any money. You know, so I couldn't, I couldn't even think about betting on somebody outside the ring. Oh, in the ring, you know, it was just really my focus was me. But, you know, those, those were iconic events. You know, I, I, I did the uh, George Foreman versus Holofield. I did uh, Leonard versus Hagler. Uh, um, I can go down a list of, of several others. Uh, you know, but, but you know, the Mike Tyson versus Michael Stinks, 1980, once for all, uh, which is what this documentary uh, is going to kind of, you know, talk about that and, and Mike's life and all the other fights that he had. Uh, you know, I'm just really excited, man. I can't wait for these folks to watch this thing come next Tuesday. You know, it's a countdown. You're being kind of modest, too, because you are a bestseller book author, too. So you ain't really talking <laughs> about that a little bit, but I have to no, tap into that no. for you a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that, that's, you know, working on Dion Ward's uh, autobiography. Um, you know, that, that's, uh, that was truly a blessing. That's going to, uh, you know, be a movie. Um, so we're really excited and, and all of the great things that, you know, come out of that. Um, you know, if, if Dion has this great line, if you think it, you can do it. Um, and, and, you know, I just really love that because, you know, all of these things were thoughts and, and, you know, she has a philosophy, well, let's do it, you know, thoughts are things. So, you know, I want everybody listening, you know, to understand that, man, don't discount your thoughts. And then also don't share with everybody. People will steal mm-hmm. ideas. Yeah, that's for sure too. I learned that in the hard way. You're right. <laughs> but execute on your ideas, you know, and own your property. You know, create your own property and own it. Um, you know, uh, copyright it, trademark it, whatever it is. You know, that's how you create uh, wealth and then eventually generational wealth. How was it negotiating a deal with Mr. Mega Hat himself, the art of the deal himself? You had to negotiate 
with him. Let's talk about that before we let you out of here. <laughs> oh my God! Well, you know, first of all, let me let's let's put it in perspective. Uh, that Donald Trump was a different Donald Trump than the president. So, um, you know, back in the '90s, you know, Donald Trump was the man, especially in New York um, and Atlantic City. Uh, so he actually reached out to me once uh, once we announced the Clash of the Legends, Dr. J versus Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. You know, it was really easy. Um, you know, he was – I was going to do the event, uh, hold it in Las Vegas, and he was determined to make it happen in, Las, in Atlantic City because Dr. J was a Philly guy. And he wanted to draw the Philly crowd to uh, Atlantic City and thought that that's where it should be. And he added enough zeros to the check where he convinced me too. So, mm. so yeah. you know, uh, it, it, it was uh, it was a very successful event. It sold out uh, the pay per view. You know, it just it just really worked. Um, you know, and and that was the Donald Trump thing. You know, that was the but Donald like, Trump who hung out. Still negotiated that was with the, Donald the president. Trump who hung out with, <laughs> wait, wait, yeah, yeah. He hung out with uh, Russell Simmons. That was that Donald Trump. You know. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> But when you, you see know, them become president, how did you feel? You know, I didn't even, I, I, I honestly, uh, yeah, I had no reference other than the, the mm. person I worked with, uh, the person I, you know, did press conferences with uh, to promote the event. Um, um, you know, that, that's, that's the Donald Trump that I, you know, knew and worked with. Mm-hmm. I didn't know him as a president, you know, mm. really the new so, president, the new uh, Donald Trump. Yeah, but I, I am very happy uh, where we are today. With yes, and I happen to be an advisor uh, uh, and was named uh, talent content um, advisor for the presidential inaugural committee. So having a oh, wow. title for Joe Biden um, and playing a major role uh, in you know that campaign. One of the roles was I had an idea to call the OJs and have them re-record their song, Love Train, and change it to get on the Biden-Harris train. And uh, we did that video, and that video went viral, reached over 7 million people, which was about the same number Joe Biden won. Uh, Mm -hmm. Yeah, 350,000 people shared the video. (laughs) Go on YouTube. It's called Love Train, the Biden-Harris Love Train. Get on people all over the world join hands. All right. <laughs> and it became a theme song for the campaign, and it was mm. a hit. You know that 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 you know I think helped turn the tables, uh, and getting the African American community, um, you know, behind this man. So I think mm. Eddie Levert, uh, who I love dearly, and and um, you know Walter Eric, uh, for uh, doing this for me, uh, and then more importantly, doing it for the country for the campaign. Now you teach in one of the places I grew up in. You know. Um, you, I, I grew up in the, in the East Harlem Boys Club, and you teach. You got a, a program in there. Can you tell us about that? Well, um, not in Harlem. I, I'm not, you know, but I do do work in the boys clubs. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, I, and I'm looking to do more work. So, you know, to me, it's always about giving back to the community. Um, you know, giving back. I think I was put here to be a service, um, and that's that's what I do. Uh, so, you know, Harlem Boys Club is amazing. Um, and, and Harlem is amazing. I don't even recognize Harlem. It wasn't the Harlem I grew up in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's changed now. It's very much changed now. You got luxury buildings on, on the blocks you would never think before. 
<laughs> oh man, you know it's 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 you know I see white people and it's like where they come from when we when I mm-hmm. grew up they were on tour buses you know right yeah, they were yeah. on tour buses go rocks yeah. you know uh, <laughs> yeah so, you know life has changed and um, you know it, it it really has become you know it's a city uh, uh, Harlem is one of those places wherever I travel in the world and say I'm from Harlem I don't have to explain where that's at. Uh, they don't say it's that New York thing, no. And it's revered, you know, mm-hmm. Europe, uh, Paris. Um, it's unbelievable. I mean, it really is Harlem. It's just, just, uh, it's just a, a fortunate. We're very fortunate to be from there. And congratulations now, you, to your show, man. You're doing the damn thing. I appreciate you, man. And, and I was just going to say, we're proud of you, man. We're proud to have people like you, you know. I'm a filmmaker, so dudes like you, man, I, I'm trying yes. to follow in your footsteps. And, you know, I, I'm just proud to have somebody to see that come from where I come from that's doing it really big. Oh, man. You know, let, we, we will stay in touch. You know, we'll do a part two to this, to, to this at some point, maybe after the, uh, the documentary airs. Uh, and 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 you know you're a filmmaker. I'm a filmmaker, so you know let's 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 empower each other. Let's let's stay in touch and you know network. That's what oh they yeah do for it. sure. Yeah, you're right, and I agree with you. And that's what I'm learning. And that's and I'm learning <laughs> yeah. that game. And I and I'm a hundred percent with you, my brother. <laughs> oh, beautiful, beautiful. Um, no, thank you so much for having me on your show. Uh, thank you for and taking the time to bless us, man. And um, we definitely gonna make shout sure we promote that. Shout out to my boy. Uh, hold, hold on. Shout out to my boy. Uh, um, you know, Double Exposure and Angelo uh, Ellaby and his team for for bringing us together. Yes, yes. Double Exposure definitely a great PR firm, man. They definitely do their thing. I deal with them with a lot of people. I was really honored that we could get you. So um, once again, we thank you for coming through. Uh, we're going to support it. We're going to, like you said, we're going to definitely come back and talk about it after the documentary. So we can see yeah, what happens, yeah. you know, see how people feel about it. Probably have a couple of other people here with me that watch it too, that they can pick your brain there a little bit too. So <laughs> there we go. All right. Hey man, it's yes, yes. Everybody, tune in Tuesday. Come on, Tuesday. Let, let them know Tuesday, how they can follow you and everything. Uh, yeah, I'm on Instagram. I'm uh, Dave, D A V E underscore Wooly, W O O L E Y. Uh, on Instagram, Dave underscore Wooly, W-O-O-L-E-Y, and of course Facebook and, you know, uh, Twitter and all that other stuff. But, uh, yeah, no, no, no. You know, reach out. Reach out. Let's stay in touch. Let's make some magic happen. It's a great time to be black. No doubt. <laughs> all right. Well, oh, once again, my brother, we appreciate you, and we're going to head out with yes, this yes. song, and uh, we definitely going to tune in. All right? And on thanks Beach for that radio. you played. Yes. Yeah, we're going to play that again right now. I love it. All right. Ooh. Let's do it. Ooh. Beef Stew Radio. Y'all know how we do. We always have the greatest on the show, and we out. Yeah. 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 Shit so crazy, money. Uh, Just sending it to y'all, making this all for mama, man. Now I got to, got to dedicate it to both of y'all.
would you do if you didn't have your brother? Yeah, I'm probably really going insane. I gotta smoke this weed cause it's too much up on my brain. Yeah, yeah. If you want pain, I can show you. When you ain't got your mama there to hold you. No more. Only time I smile is when I'm with my kids. I scratch so much, but that's where I keep it hidden. Take care of the family, that's my job now. If I ain't have God, I don't know how. Used to pull up to your window just to see your face. But now I look up in the sky, this shit not the same. Yeah, what would I do without your love? Yeah, what would I do without your touch? Yeah, what would I do without your love? Yeah, what would I do without your touch? What would I do if I couldn't hear your voice? What would I do if you gave me no choice? What would I do? What would I do? What would I do if I couldn't hear your voice? What would I do if you gave me no choice? Choice. 